1: Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. I've got some really exciting news, Shaq. So, (laughs) strap yourself in. Um, The big, big news is I'm back, right? (laughs) 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 So, you know, like... uh, For a time, you might have thought your old old boy Peach might have been gone off for a little wander around the place, Mm. but uh, the cool thing is I'm back, and Shag, normally I've prepared something to say at the start of each episode, but I've decided not to prepare today, because probably whatever I say is going to be fucking solid gold, because your boy's back, (laughs) it's great.
0: (laughs) Well, it's lucky I've got heaps to say, Peach. You're also back,
1: in fairness, welcome home. Look,
0: I am back, but so Mm. is the anti-capitalist streak of this podcast.
1: Yes! When are we going to break down capitalism, shack? I'm Because I'm getting worried, we're getting distracted.
0: Well, I, I'm starting to realise that mm. the, the natural trajectory of this podcast and any podcast that starts as something else but slowly <laughs> becomes like a fuck the system, Yeah. is that at what point is our... Goal to just burn everything down, right? Like, at, like at, at what point do we realise there's no small things we can do? There's no, there's no <laughs> keeping our privilege. There's no staying where we are. What yep. point do we go? We actually have to just
1: destroy it all and start again. I checked my privilege. Doesn't that mean that? <laughs> no, that means I can still keep it, right? That's uh, that's still okay.
0: Because let me explain, okay? So mm. last week, for a very short mm. amount of time, in fact, between Thursday and Sunday. I went to Singapore for a sort of quasi break booked by my partner Adele who realised I was about to burn out. And it was amazing. I also ended up doing a little bit of work while I was there. But...
1: Great way to avoid burnout. (laughs) Bring a bit of work with you. (laughs) (laughs) Great advice. (laughs) Great move.
0: (laughs) But also, because I only had a very short amount of time, I Mm. squeezed in so much. I saw lots of friends. I ate lots of delicious foods. The food is amazing. But... The thing about Singapore is just mm. how apparent Shag, are you're going
1: to say don't say something upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: Just how apparent mm. class is there. Ah, okay. And how much the entire society it works really well but only because certain people get heaps and certain people don't get heaps, and then there's a whole underclass that almost get nothing. Oh, God. So for...
1: people, It's like the Beauty and the Beast song, Be Our Guest. Do you remember? It's like, we love, like, serving people's <laughs> out. Like, we love it. It's great. <laughs> like,
0: so, so, for example, I was able to just fly there for a quick holiday and enjoy myself, right? Mm. I was able to go to all these amazing hawker markets where there are... These incredible Michelin starred meals you can buy for a couple of bucks. The reason you can buy them for a couple of bucks is that there's this whole service industry not the expat community that feels like a private school that never died but this whole class of like local singaporeans and people from outside of singapore who don't get paid that much and kind of need lunch options that are 3 4 bucks a pop and yet i go over there mm. and i'm like this is delicious have you discovered this and i'm just going like i'm just going to have the best like hainanese chicken i'm going to have the best char siu because it's, like, an experience for me. I'm, like, food for me is, like... Yeah, you're on holiday. A fun luxury. Whereas, like, if you live there, it's just something you, you need. And you need cheap meals. And you just, you're just you just lucky that the society values great food and the government values great food. So it just happens to be good and not shit.
1: But it's so funny, right? Like, I feel like this is almost the analogy to the kind of rap music you and I grew up listening to of, like taking a holiday in the struggle of others to be like, hey, look at the amazing thing that came from, like, struggle. Isn't it great? Anyway, uh, I'm heading back to my house. So, you know, I'm going to enjoy listening to this on my expensive headphones. Sounds awesome.
0: And then here's the other thing, right? So most people Mm -hmm. have uh, – sorry, not most people. Mm -hmm. A lot of households that have a certain amount of money have a helper and a helper is basically a cook slash cleaner slash childminder if you have kids. I think it's organised by the government. They work six days a week, they get paid very little, they send most of the money back to the country where they're originally from, and it's usually India or the Philippines or Malaysia or something like that. And I don't think anyone's really that comfortable with it, unless you grew up in Singapore and this is just the only culture you know. No one's really that comfortable with it, but it's just part of the culture and everyone has one. And it's kind of crazy just how clear it is when you walk around that it's like oh I am super privileged and there are a whole bunch of people here who aren't and they're just supposed to be like oh, I'm. The, well that's just the lot I was given I just have to be happy with this and I'm not saying congratulations like, yeah well done <laughs> like, and we can be all judgy like visiting there and I can be like oh hmm. I visit there but it's like here in Australia <laughs> our lives are also built on the back of third and second world labour around the world we just don't have to hmm. see it Right, like we just don't have to see it, so it's actually like a whole lot more honest in Singapore. And to be honest, it's like the the culture does work pretty well, but at the same time, it's like it, it doesn't really work that well for everybody. And I guess the trip made me go, wow, like the entire world is built on a class system where there's a minority who are super privileged, and then the rest who work to ensure that they get to keep their privilege and. I guess my thing is it's like at, at some point us being like, oh, capitalism sucks. It's like, no, at what point is <laughs> it like, no, we actually have to like yeah. firebomb buildings and assassinate leaders and, you know, organize a coup. I don't know.
1: This is like, Shake, you are describing my turmoil on LinkedIn, right? So I'll be on LinkedIn being like, hey, smash the patriarchy, right? <laughs> I'll use my male, my male privilege to like to say that and people in comments are like, Peach, fucking you did it again. You're a classic character. <laughs> And I often get get messages from well-meaning people who are like, yeah, it's really good you're saying that. Um, so what sort of, um, like, what are you doing in your day-to-day practice that's sort of really helping this? I'm like, oh, I'm doing a lot of networking with gender diverse people. I'm really building my network and they're building their network. So don't worry, I'm down for the cause I had, you know, had a couple of glasses of wine last week with some people I'd met before. I'm fucking... <laughs> Don't worry about me. I'm... <laughs> I'm here on the front lines with you. <laughs> uh, but, Shag, perhaps, like, if the moral of the story is we are surplus to the needs of the world, that'd be a really grim end for Spooko of, like, basically that I'm back just to realise that I've actually got to go and it's better for the world that I'm never back. <laughs>
0: Oh, no, the moral of the story is, after mm. experiencing this, I've realised what our film trilogy needs to be about for Spooko Studios.
1: So, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, okay. No, no, no.
0: But we've chatted before how we are essentially going to create a thematic trilogy that's not really connected. Mm. Potentially they all exist in the same universe, but maybe not of films where the Mm. bad guy's kind of capitalism. And what I've realised is, and we talked about this before. Now, when you look at films like Fresh and Things, that doesn't mean the bad guy is a bunch of faceless billionaires who are like, we're billionaires, we love eating people, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Because it's like the the whole Mm. system's fucked, right? So I've realised it's not that capitalism's the bad guy. The point of these films is basically going to be like, we are too far gone and we all need to be punished. And they are going to be dark, bleak, black films where there is no hope because we're too far gone and we all need, essentially, to be absolved... By being massively punished at a global level. So here's what
1: I'm thinking I right hope here. we make a lot of money from them. I hope we make stacks. Obviously. Awesome.
0: It's really important they're successful. <laughs> yeah. And everybody is like, so Peter Jack, how did you get so good at coming up with ideas about burning the system down? And we'll say from our mansions, we just we just really believe in it. It's it's true to Look. our
1: core. <laughs> Whenever we need to get away, we head to like a holiday house or something like that to really just kind of riding <laughs> camp or something <laughs> to really get some space to, to anyway, have so some anyway. time.
0: The first film is going to be charcuterie because that's about flipping Mm. us using food as a leisure item into a punishment, right?
1: Yes. The
0: third film's going to be Kinder in which our children are going to be trained against us in the most awful way. And, And I've got some ideas for that, but we'll save that for another episode. But the second film that we haven't talked about and I need a name, and charcuterie and kinder are great names, so I think we need another name. And I don't think it's really been done before. I think our pets... Are going to be either possessed or led by some sort of demonic force, and they're going to turn against us as well. So it's all going are to be. Are they a- going to be
1: socialists? Steve?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway,
1: because what- <laughs> I feel like the background for this is that is that pet ownership is becoming bifurcated, right? Like, so there's this divide that's the, that's growing now of like, is a pet an Hermes bag that is a you know a status symbol? Or is it a human right? And so um, if you think about the pricing of vet care, there's now like bifurcated markets for it where you pay tens of thousands of dollars for Pookie's knee reconstruction or you just need to scrape by from your pension as someone on welfare to just have enough for Pookie's medicine or whatever it might be each week. And so there's this increasing disparity between the two ends of the market that perhaps, you know, in... Well, we're gonna call it doppel. Doppel, I guess, doesn't really work for the pet movie, but in the pet movie, they might rise up and uh, and deal with these issues.
0: And 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 look, I don't know if uh, like it be like because it doesn't have to be like pet
1: ownership is a
0: symbol or Mm. an artifact of capitalism. It just needs to be that we get punished by our pets. So we get punished (laughs) by our food. We get punished by our pets, and then eventually we get punished by our children. Like I, I I think. For me, that feels really cool. And the reason why I got to there is because I was enjoying my flight over to Singapore and I was watching a couple of films on this flight. And one of them is one of, like, the it's probably the the bleakest one we've done in a while. I'm so sorry, Peach, but I think it's really important. (sighs) And it's bleak and dark and it's about... It's, it's about... It, it, it's kind of thematically similar to what I'm talking about with what our trilogy is going to be. We, maybe it's the Punished Trilogy. We need a snappy name for them as well. Uh, but, Peach, today we are doing a 2021 film from New Zealand. In fact, I can't remember the last time we did a New Zealand film on this pod called... Have we ever? Maybe we haven't. Maybe this is the first one. God, what, a, what an insane first one to do. Uh, called Coming oh, Home God. in the Dark.
1: Two eggs from the same basket, and one of them is this lovely, gentle, patient boy, and the other one's
0: what? An egg. Yeah. I want the boys to have a place to spend their summers with a sense of community. I'm personally
1: not craving a sense of community. Got a whole place to yourselves. I should probably introduce myself, shouldn't I? Mendrick. I'm a magician. I make things disappear.
0: You know, later on, when you're looking back at this occasion,
1: right there is going to be the moment you wish you'd done something. Just never, never know where the day is going to take you. Ugh. I do love the theme of wanting your victims to die. Like I am, like yep, yeah, that guy was involved in something dodgy a few years ago. I'm down for him to die. But just while we're on the subject of bad blokes, Shag can I give you a quick legal adjacent anecdote about our our prime minister? <laughs> like- oh my god, yes, please.
0: Because it's still it's still election season. This is still an election oh, yeah. episode of Speaker.
1: So I like terrible, you know, pointless, quote, quote, conservative prime minister, but he's sort of much more extreme than that. He's sort of like a neo, neo-right neo populist. One of the things he's raged against is the idea of a federal corruption commission. Uh, and he's like, oh, that'd be a kangaroo court. That'd be dumb.
0: But can you believe we're at a point in politics where a politician can be like, I don't want an anti-corruption commission and people will still yeah. support that person?
1: People are he'd be like, oh, it's dumb. It'd be a kangaroo court. And so... Um, the barristers of the kind, of, like every single barrister in the country, has sort of sort of put their name to something to be like, uh, you can't fucking say that. <laughs> like, um, it's very upsetting that the chief lawmaker in the land would think so little of this of this body that it'd be designed to create and, and, you know, going into a deep criticism and. Scott Morrison's response is like, oh, yeah, Barristers, yeah, they and I never really got along. Yeah, they never really liked me. And it's like, <laughs> just the idea of like, yeah, fuck you, obviously, mate. What? this <laughs> just the best moment. Like, yeah, they never, yeah.
0: <laughs> Literally all I
1: want is uh, mm. like,
0: is is a politician that governs for everybody, no matter if they have the same ideals or not. And that's apparently too hard to ask for in politics in 2022.
1: Luckily, Shag, you and I are back and there's one friend we brought along. <laughs> what is up?
0: But look, like, I, I just, I just wanted to be known, like, whoever you are, whether you like rushes or don't, whether Eli Roth is your favourite director or not, whether Clive <laughs> Tabarka is your favourite author or not, it doesn't matter. Like, you are welcome mm. to listen to this podcast and we are making it for you.
1: If you don't like Bugsy Malone, though, we've got problems. I really, <laughs> I really do think Bugsy is top five, and he's got a lot of new songs out recently that I'm like, oh, he's really good. He
0: just, oh. he just, no one likes it. Like I'm pretty sure you and his crew in the no north of England. No one likes. But why
1: doesn't everyone love <laughs> Bugsy Malone? I just don't
0: get it. I don't know. Like I follow music pretty closely. I I spent have hours... you
1: ever heard anyone raise Bugsy Malone this except is what for me?
0: I, mean. I, I spend hours every week. <laughs> Trying to create a new playlist of music, I never hear his name pop up. (laughs) I listen to a lot of British rap. The algorithms never give me. Yeah, no. I I just don't like. I don't know. Like, if if he is this so-called king of the north, where's his kingdom? What's going on?
1: Oh, I don't have a good answer for you, but it does make me sad that I don't have a good answer. (laughs) Although he is very very capitalist and may have already been killed.
0: All right. Okay. So I, and fuck, it's so funny what you said before about burnout. It's so true. I spend any free time. I usually am like, how can I use this time efficiently to pursue one of my other goals? So even when I'm on, like, uh, like I'm basically booked this flight from Adele to be like, you need to take some time off. Like, honestly, like the most amazing woman ever. But Mm. even when I'm on this flight over, I'm like, okay, movies to watch, what horror films do they have? I'm just going to use this as an opportunity to do some research for Spooko. And the first film that came up was this film, Coming Home in the Dark. I had heard of it because last year, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, how the first place a lot of indie horror films show up is at film festivals. And the Sydney Film Festival always has a really good horror program. And so this one showed up last year and I had a choice of just a few to go and see. And I did want to see this one because it kept talking about this is a very brutal film, content warning, don't bring children, blah, blah, blah. But I just didn't end up seeing it. So when it showed up on The Search during the flight, I was like, yes, finally, I get to see it. And it's ninety-three minutes. Once again, well done guys. Minus credits. Yes. Minus credits. That's a neat eighty-five minutes. That's all I need.
1: What's that? 87, 80, 88 minutes. Yeah. 92. Just 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 while we're on giving burnout advice. Yes, 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 I agree. Use use some of your leisure time for work. That's 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 good advice. Um, for me is it's surprising how efficient you can be if you sleep less. That's that's other good good point of advice. So if you're ever feeling overwhelmed, just <laughs> just sleep a lot less and do some work in that extra time. It's amazing. <laughs> you can really get a lot done. <laughs> All
0: right. Okay, okay, okay. That's, so,
1: that's that's direct advice for any members of my team who are listening. Just sleep a bit less, you guys. It's good.
0: <laughs> so coming home in the dark mm. begins mm. with a family on a road trip and it's, it's set in New Zealand and oh my god the countryside of New Zealand is just so unbelievably picturesque so they're going on this road trip so there's the school teacher Alan Hoagie Hoganrad, uh, his wife Jill and their two teenage sons Micah and Jordan it's really important as well. It seems in this film that there's two partnerships. So there is the husband and wife, and there's also the antagonist mm. who are about to meet. And mm. in both partnerships, there is one white settler and there is one yes. Maori. Uh, I, I I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Like uh,
1: uh, uh, I would not dare correct you. I'm like <laughs> so. I'm, I'm impressed with your bravery. I'm like oh yeah man. I'll tell her all forever. Awesome.
0: But there is one Maori person. And uh, New Zealand has a way better history of uh, of, of colonisation than Australia ever did. You know, there's even a treaty, which is kind of amazing. Yep. But even still, it's not perfect. And it feels like they're making some sort of a comment about that in this very intentional uh, choice of casting for both of the key couples in this film. Now, they've got two sons, Micah and Jordan, as I said, and they're both very different. And it's the thing I do wonder if you have experience with Peach where you have mm. one child and you're like, they're the most perfect child, let's have another and they'll be exactly the same. And then the second one comes out and they just completely plus different. plus Adele
1: equals golden child. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, the equation worked differently <laughs> the second time around. Yeah, <laughs> <it is." laughs> so, yeah hugely, hugely, hugely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so one of them is very reserved and a real teenager and doesn't really speak. And like has short cropped hair and dresses quite conservatively. And the other one's sort of got long wavy hair, is really lovely. And you even hear the parents sort of like it's in the trailer as well where they're basically like how did we get such completely different kids from the, the same from the same partnership. And it, it's just it's just really nice. And they spend a lot of the first sort of 10 minutes of this film Showing this family on this road trip. They stop to get Sick. some chips. Uh it's very clear from the dynamics is the dad's the beta of the relationship and the mum is the alpha. Okay. Which is important-ish. Uh, and in fact is actually pretty important to the plot. But but we'll we'll keep getting there. So
1: it feels a bit like a play just at the moment, Shag, I've got to say.
0: It I'm... is a play. Oh God. Like it's a play. <laughs> just at the, the so moment time. it feels
1: like a play. Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. So so they stop at the foot of this mountain and they put on their backpacks and they go basically hiking up this mountain. And as they're hiking up, the, the sort of lovely, open, flamboyant son, Micah, notices two men in the distance watching them at the top of the mountain and one of the men gives him a bit of a wave.
1: That is brilliant, Terra. Just right? like a great terror moment of like you're like, know, Oh, should we turn around and run away, you know, having seen these people watching us or what should we Dude, that's terrible. Well, Peach,
0: Peach, Peach, hold on to your dick because here it comes, right? So.
1: I, the... I, well, I'm, I'll get a good. Like, okay, that's that's advice I don't think you've ever given me before. So
0: no, I don't know where that came from. That was a bit weird. I'm sorry about that. Anyway, look. So. Uh, uh, look,
1: I'm a, you
0: know, cool. You're, in, you're in the
1: flamboyant co my... host and I'm the more conservative, <laughs> <laughs> short head co host.
0: In my mind, I was like, this is going to be really funny. And then you didn't really <laughs> respond. And I was like, oh, why should I? I'm have so said sorry. That? Oh, I left
1: you. Hanging. <laughs>
0: I am. can't,
1: I can't wait. Holding it right now. <laughs> goop, 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 goop.
0: But it's like the more you even think about it, the more you're like, oh, what an awful, like, gross thing to say. Why did I say that? Anyway, look.
1: Sorry. You're burnt out is why. I I that's why. Let's just blame it all on burnout. Um, uh,
0: so they make it to this mm-hmm. sort of clearing right next to a lake at the foot of a mountain. It's the most beautiful, picturesque area, but it's also super clear that they are completely alone and they sit down to have a picnic. Now, as they're sitting down to have a picnic, two men just wander up to them. I can't stress how on edge this made me. This might be one of the creepiest things I've ever seen in my life. So they're just having this picnic and two very threatening dudes just wander up to them, one of which is carrying a rifle.
1: Gosh, I'm glad I'm holding onto my dick right now. That's that's great advice.
0: (laughs) So the two hikers introduce themselves as Mandrake and Tubbs, and Hoagie, the dad, is like, what are you, some sort of magician? And he's like, yeah, I am because I make people disappear which is like, whew, that's a really good line and a good connection to Mandrake. It's like a it's like a setup because it's like you call yourself Mandrake. People are going to be like, what the fuck's that name? And it's like, I make people disappear and you are like, oh, fuck, hold on to your dick,
1: Get a close tight grip on this guy's called Mandrake. <laughs> all right,
0: okay, all right, okay. So initially, initially... The pair rob them at gunpoint and tell them all, as a family, to lie down face down on the ground. And the mum and dad are basically like just Still holding... Hold on those. your
1: dicks and not get off the <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay, all right, okay.
0: Oh, God, okay, okay. All right. So the pair rob them while they're face down. Take the keys, take the wallets. The mum is basically like, just take everything, just just leave us alone. Before they leave, Mandrake overhears Micah call Alan Hoagie. And he's like, hang on, why are you called Hoagie? What's that? That's a weird nickname. And notices something about that name. At this point, another car across the other side of the clearing drives up and Mandrake and Tubbs grab both the boys, pick them both up and basically holding them from behind threateningly walk over to the side of the clearing and are basically like wave and they wave to this car on the other side the driver of the other car waves back and then the driver drives back and Mandrake says oh my god, even thinking about it oh, god. he's like he says to the parents and he's like, I reckon looking back you're going to regret that you had a chance to do something then and you did nothing.
1: Oh, such a, like, great, chilling villain line. Fabulous. So, Mandrake then... i hold on my dick for this next <laughs> bit, <Jack>. That's really... <laughs>
0: no, I know. I wish I didn't make this joke. I wish I didn't make this joke. And, look, huge content warning. Mm. Like, I... So, so Mandrake then, w- w- without any explanation or reason, picks up the gun and shoots Micah. And Micah just basically... Like, Sh- the gun shoots him is, dead or shoots, shoots him shoots in him, the shoots leg? Him, or shoots, shoots him dead, shoots him dead, completely dead. Right, well, and he just falls yeah. to the ground. And the parents are kind of stunned. And then he turns around <laughs> and he shoots Jordan as well and shoots Jordan dead as well. And 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 look, look, I do understand that there's there's some fine line between murdering kids and murdering teenagers in a film, but it didn't feel like that when I watched that. I was just like, I was I I was so shocked and like, uh, it's 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 a and this this is this is the first twenty minutes of the film. It's just the most deeply unset unsettling. Twenty minutes of a film I've seen since the Nightingale. It was just it was it was almost too much. They then abduct the parents, breaking Alan's arm and knocking Jill unconscious. And and puts them in their car and then they go for a drive. And, puts them in um
1: Sorry, in the in our family's car. Yeah, go. Yeah.
0: So as Mandrake questions the pair, he reveals that he actually knows that Alan is a teacher. And as, as they slowly get more info out of him, because he's like, where are you, teacher? And Hoagie's like, oh, I was a teacher here. He's like, oh, where were you before that? And he's like, I was here. And he's like, oh, and where were you before that? And he's like, I was here. And he's like, oh, where were you before that? He's like, I can't remember. And he's like, "Ah, oh, you probably do. Where were you before that? And eventually we realised that Alan slash Hoagie was an assistant teacher at a group home for trouble boys, one notorious for both physical and sexual abuse. <laughs> Alan guesses correctly that both were enrolled at the school, but he insists that he was completely unaware of the abuse. Mandrake does not believe him and implies that they are driving to the boys' home. Now... Oh God. Now, Hoagie's like, I, I need to do a shit, and Mandrake's like, we'll just do it then. He's like, yeah, but it's going to stink up the car. And Mandrake's like, okay. And they stop at a service station. Hoagie goes into the bathroom, unscrews the toilet roll, uses the screw to scratch a message for help behind the toilet, screws it back on but keeps one of the screws, goes back outside and tells the attendant, oh, you're out of toilet paper in there, mate, as a way to, like, call for help. Yeah. And the attendant goes, oh, what happened to your arm? Because he's clearly been roughed up. And then Hoagie looks at, Ma- uh, at Mandrake and Mandrake's like, you go on, tell him. And he makes up a story. Ugh. And then Mandrake's like, oh, you can do better than that. And so Hoagie then tells him another story. And Mandrake's like, that's great. And you're like, okay, so that's, Ugh. so they, they then go out. They get back in the car.
1: Apparently, sorry, just as a side about apparently that's what you're meant to do. So if you get abducted in a car, apparently you are meant to like shit your pants and vomit everywhere. If you've got no other options to be, and you try to get some on your attacker, like to like for them to, for their disgust response to like overwhelm the careful planning they might have engaged in. And, you know, hopefully you'll get some snot and shit and blood in the crevices of the car or whatever. Like if you end up getting Uh, murdered, there'll
0: be evidence around the place. Oh my God. Of course. Of course. Amazing. So they get in the car and then they immediately drive onto the road and back into the service station. We see Mandrake go into the service station, Hoagie watching this like with like absolute terror. And then we hear this kerfuffle. We see the service attendant pushed out by Mandrake who then proceeds to beat him to death with a fire extinguisher. And he gets back in the car and is basically like, look, anyone you try to get to help you is also dead.
1: It, I mean, that's great. It's great storytelling in fairness. That's, it's it's like it's it's it's
0: a brutal dark film yeah. but it was incredibly well told. Mm. So Jill attempts to escape but is quickly caught and later forced to kneel underneath an overpass. Threatening to shoot her, Mandrake forces Hoagie to admit that he was aware of all of the abuse, but stopped and reported nothing out of cowardice. Well, this is, this
1: is interesting. Like, not to la- vaguely lighten the mood, right? This is the argument against torture. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. <laughs> okay, not to lighten the mood with a discussion about why, why like, torture <laughs> is, is not great. Because as a form of questioning, Shag, if I'm going to threaten your family or if I'm going to threaten you with extreme pain, unless you agree to the thing I'm putting to you, then the value of that evidence that I've tortured out of you, the value of that information I've got is surely reduced. Like, And, and look, there are any number of reasons why Batman probably doesn't really exist. <laughs> but I think that's one of them. Of like, you just tell Batman whatever. Like, you're just like, man, yeah, it's fucking, yeah, that's right. It's whatever you want to hear me say. I will say, and so similarly here, you can imagine being put in that kind of situation. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'll say whatever words you need to come out of my mouth to stop this experience that I'm currently experiencing.
0: We've talked about how garbage meta storytelling is, and how easy Mm. it is, and how postmodernism's terrible and easy and boring. Mm. But also, one of my favourite postmodern readings of late is the idea that Batman's actually the bad guy because he's just a billionaire that beats up <laughs> poor people and he has all this money and he could use it to save the world but he uses it to create this like this like crypto-fascist oh. private weaponry system so he can just beat up people who probably have no other option than to follow the Joker or the Riddler or the Penguin into a life of crime because it probably pays well.
1: That is a great read. That's a fabulous read. Like, he can even spend that money funding the police and giving them okay. better, like, empathy training and community reach-out resources that would enable them to build relationships, you know, in impoverished communities that would improve probably the quality of life for everyone in Gotham. So... But, yeah, he just has a fetish for violence. And so he can fucking... <laughs> yeah. That's... God.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's and a now, good read. That's now, a really good read. Isn't it a good so, read? Isn't it? isn't it a good read? Yeah. Anyway, so... But I guess the thing is, it's like, what if the point of torture is not to get information out, but just to make people... Oh, just the sadism anyway.
1: element. Yeah, I understand.
0: Yeah. But not even the, here, not the sadism element, but the you deserve to be punished Punishment. element. I'm with you. Uh, and it just—and whether it comes from me or someone else, it just needs to happen. Anyway, so Alan slash Hogie mm. relays a story under this questioning of a young boy who was like nine or ten at this boy's home, Mm. who tattooed a swastika on his arm. And then at roll call, one of the teachers noticed it and so uh, at first asked him to go grab one of those metal scrubbing brushes and bring it out Mm. and then was like, I need you to scrub that off yourself. And the boy said, I'm not going to do it. So he got one of the other teachers to do it. And he said it took a long time and he can still remember the cries, but eventually they scrubbed this off his arm. At this point, Mandrake's like, actually, it was a nylon brush, so it took three times as long, but it was still as effective. He remains expressionless, but he does tear up a little bit. Jill is shaken by this admittance, and when they're back in the car, back on the road, later rebuffs Alan's attempts at contact. So Alan is, like, reaching for her hand from, you know, behind the seat, and she sort of rebuffs it. But also later on is sort of like... At the end of the day, you've got to you've got to believe that standing by and doing nothing is not the same as doing something. And you you can be and, and she's sort of trying to wrestle with this herself, and she's sort of like, I you have to believe that you didn't do it, you watched it, and I understand you didn't think you had a place, but you you can't mm. feel like you're you're as bad. And this is her saying it to him. This is not me saying that's my belief or the belief of the mm. film, but this is Jill saying it to Hoagie. Okay. Now. So now when it's clear that Mandrake will not let her go, she escapes from the moving vehicle and runs to a bridge and then chooses to jump into the nearby river rather than return to her abductors. And it says here, and it's true, her fate is left ambiguous. We don't know what happens right. to her. Yeah, okay. Now Alan took that screw, remember, from mm. the bathroom. He's planted it into the tyre of, uh, okay. of one of, of the car. And that tire eventually blows out as they approach a small town, giving Alan a chance to run from the car and escape to a nearby parking lot where he encounters a group of teenagers doing burnouts. And he tries to convince them that he wants to get in the car, but he's also a bit like... He's such a dick about it. He's like... I don't need to see this showy, you know, teenage show of like bravery or whatever. Like there's actually people chasing me with a gun. You need to take me there. And these teens are like, get away from me, mate. But then they see the guys with the gun running after them. So they let him in the car. He's like, drive, drive, drive. Mandrake stands in front of the car and he's like, kids, you've got two options. Either I shoot all of you or you let him out of the car and then you guys get to go. And so there's a pause, but then the teens let him out of the car. And at this point, Mandrake shoots every one of the teenagers. And one of them escapes and he doesn't quite get to them. But he's basically, again, like, yeah, you tried to get more people to help you, so they are all dead, and I don't care who they are. Like, this is
1: you doing this. Oh, God. Fabulous plotting again, but Christ, that's grim.
0: When they get back in the car, Alan tries to convince Tubbs that he's under Mandrake's control and doesn't need to live like this. Tubbs doesn't really seem to react to this. Mandrake drives them to the group home and Tubbs waits outside as the other men enter. Now, it's a now abandoned building mm. and Mandrake is forcing Hoagie to walk through at gunpoint. And Alan admits that he was not just a coward, but actually he believed all the abuse was justified because the boys were such shits. Mm. And this is this is his final moment of admittance.
1: Yep.
0: He also tries to Admission, I should just people.
1: say, it's fucking driving me mad. I'm so sorry. And it's Wikipedia that's planted. Admittance is when you let someone into a place, right? <laughs>
0: sorry, I'm
1: so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's Wikipedia's fault. Wikipedia put that word in your head. <laughs> It's his final moment of admission, and I'm so sorry, Shaq, to, to, to undermine the tension at this stage you've of the just, story.
0: You've just, you've just ruined the flow anyway, so... I <laughs> oh, so, said I was back.
1: I never said what form I'd take. I don't know. <laughs> Penis holding peach.
0: I wish I didn't say that. Oh my god.
1: Oh, okay. Shag, I'm sorry. Um, this is this is the Shag who came back. This is what Singapore did to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so along with his admission, mm. he also tries to apologize to Mandrake. And Mandrake's like, it wasn't me, it was some other kid. Mandrake then takes him to this 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 stone that's outside the school and there's a flashback halfway through the film that Wikipedia doesn't talk about where we see a young boy scratch I hate this place in a stone in the school. And so he walks him to that stone and then Mandrake shoots Alan in the chest and taunts him. Doesn't kill Alan. So Alan then picks up a rock. Alan slash Hoagie, sorry. Mm. It, it, Wikipedia jumps between the two names. Mm. Picks, picks up a rock and tries to bludgeon him to death. But Mandrake survives that. And though wounded and disorientated, starts shooting at Alan slash Hoagie. But fails to kill him. Tubbs then arrives after hearing all the gunshots. Picks up the rifle. Kills Mandrake. So just shoots him in the head. Walks up to Alan. We think he's going to shoot him. But he just puts the rifle down. And he just tells Alan... I hate this place. And then he goes to an undisclosed location to watch the sunrise. Now there's something that Tubbs does. Now Tubbs, so Mandrake is white and Tubbs is Maldy. Mm. And after Mandrake kills the two boys, he does a thing where he takes some water and he splashes it on each side of his head. Like just use just quick little splash. Like he wets his hands and does two little quick splashes on either side yeah. of his head. And he does the same thing after he kills Mandrake. And I looked that up, and I'm pretty sure that by my. Uh, uh, yeah, this is a bit of a dangerous stage,
1: sentence to start. Yeah, okay. You're pretty sure. No, no,
0: but I think this is. I think this is. I think this is called Tungi, which I think it's part of Tungi, which is a traditional Maori funeral right? where uh, the actual thing is it is traditional for mourners to wash their hands in water and sprinkle some on their heads before leaving the area. So it, it seems like. Mm. there's there's a slight thing to say Uh, like obviously this is about grief about punishment about Mm. you know lingering guilt about trauma all these things but Mm. there feels like there's something to say about colonialism as well right like there seems like not maybe overtly but just like a little bit Mm. anyway peach that is coming home in the dark from 2021 What are your thoughts, number one as a film and number two as inspiration for our initial Spooko trilogy?
1: Uh, As a film, stunning and um, strikes me more or less complete. Like I feel like there are enough little hidden Easter eggs in there to unpick and for us to talk about it as a post-colonial film. The other interesting thing about the history of Aotearoa is that the Maori population were themselves colonisers. And so... It's, it's almost like a, you know, first and then second. So, so the politics in the two different colonising cultures is so hugely complex, but, 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 but also different to the a more blunt and horrific politics that, that, that Australia has in relation to its colonial history. So I like the sophistication with which that's treated. That, that seems awesome. In regards to um, inspiration, Shag, I think we're one of one. Like, now that I'm back, like, fucking who gives a shit? Like, all these other filmmakers can do whatever they want to do. <laughs> nothing's going to save them. Nothing's going <laughs> to stand in their way. We're fucking back. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh what's up?